0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the U.S.S. and Ben Borg. Commander Benjamin Sisko, the Federation Starfleet, Deep Space Nine.
1: Welcome to the Greatest Generation, Deep Space Nine. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast.
0: I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. This is one of those weird years, Adam, where uh, two two consecutive episodes line up on, like, days when nobody is looking for a podcast to listen to. Oh, yeah. Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. <laughs> I'm looking forward to a statistical
1: nightmare coming up.
0: Yeah, this is uh, this is by dint of how the dates lined up just lose our entire audience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't want people to get used to... Being without us, that's no good.
0: No, hopefully everybody needed to spend fifteen minutes away from their families and and used us
1: to to do that. Ben, I'll tell you how much people like us. People like us so much that they've been sending us things. Oh yeah, a stack of letters and packages here. Wow, it's been a while since we've done a mail call, Ben. What do yeah. you think about that? I
0: would love to uh, to go through the mail with you,
1: Captain i'm sorry to disturb you i'm receiving a code 47 verify it is code 47 sir start lead emergency frequency captain's eyes only ben i'm going to start with these cards i am uh i come from a cards first family what about you when you get a gift you gotta open that card first right there's
0: definitely a math you do uh and a gift giving <laughs> scenario, like a hanukkah or a or Christmas morning where you know that there's probably like one really good one in the pile somewhere, and you don't want that to be first so and you have to kind of like read people's poker faces to to see whether you're doing it wrong right so so putting the cards all up top is a great way to you know. Build some safety into your gift opening process
1: Ben, uh, I I should say off the top There is a larger than normal frequency Of letters slash packages That are coming to us from the Australia, New Zealand Part of the world
0: Wow, maybe a ship just put in And all of these letters were on it
1: This first letter is such a letter It's from uh, Amy Brake It is a Christmas card with a passed out santa on the cover <laughs> letter goes dear ben and adam wishing you a very aussie christmas thank you for all of the laughs and for creating a community of people who have given me much joy oh. f o d amy brick thanks amy
0: oh man enjoy uh, your christmas barbecues and uh, beach trips
1: that sounds nice right you get to do that being in la no, but I mean they're like
0: they're like on the other side of the equator, so it's it's properly summer for them. L.A. has like basically the same weather all the time, but in the winter it's a little bit cool in the morning.
1: That's amazing. Our next letter comes from Sarah and James. Oh Ben, uh, this is a save the date. Oh wow! Oh, I got this. I got one of these. Yeah. Hey guys, remember us? We're the couple who proposed and accepted as P1 messages on Greatest Gen DS9. Bet you thought we were all bluster <laughs> when we invited you guys to the wedding via email and said that Ben should officiate. Well, guess what, bitches? Is we're that... for real.
0: <laughs> I don't know why just I would officiate.
1: I think that's the rule, Ben. They want you to officiate, and uh, I'm I'm very comfortable with that. What are you, the DJ at the party afterwards? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm an attendee. I'm going to be enjoying
0: uh, a dinner and a drink. I think they were at, I want to say our L.A. show and gave me a... Uh... I saved the date as well Pretty cool Uh, Real sweet
1: couple Yeah, very nice Let me know how you RSVP (laughs) I'll uh, I'll make sure I do the same Okay (laughs) Alright, got a letter from uh, Grapevine, Texas Grapevine, Texas, hello (laughs) We've got Ben for the full hour Here's a piece on earth Holiday card with a with a doggo on the front
0: I uh, do like a nice dog
1: holiday card Got a couple of messages here from D- One from Dan, one from Brian uh, Dan says thank you both for another Year of awesome pods and for a phenomenal Live show oh, Hope you all can make it back to DFW in 2019 And then uh, Brian Follows up with you guys are awesome beyond words Not only do you make me laugh inappropriately At work but I've also <laughs> made A legion of friends through your viewers Thank you for your Penetrating pod that explores The deepest of space buttholes That yep. from Brian Thanks Brian and Dan Thanks uh, That was a, it was a really fun
0: show in Texas And I hope we get to go back Someday Yeah you and me
1: both We're moving uh, up in size Ben Those are card sized envelopes What we have here it's, it's maybe a 24 By 12 By 6 Size box. Oh, that's a big one. It, it's from our friend Brittany in Minneapolis, hey. Minnesota. You know, I could have pre-opened these before <laughs> the show to save time. No, more fun this way. That's not what I do. Oh, Ben, there's two boxes. They're like uh. uh there's there's one for you and one for me and. Oh, cool. Uh, Brittany prescribes to the thing that my wife does about presents, which is like. Uh, if you don't put ribbon and a bow on it, uh, your your wrapping job is incomplete. <laughs> One card, two boxes. Uh, I've opened the card, and it is a Quark, the Herald Angels Sing <laughs> Christmas card. It's made by Heather Bachman, like this this card is, and it's a uh, it's great. Message goes like this: Ben and Adam, tis the season for delicious treats and tasty eats. The greatest exo-cook would like to wish you both happy holidays. For bringing such joy to our lives, we would like to present you with your very own exo-cook aprons, Wesley scarves, (laughs) handmade by Brittany R., and straws. Wow. To whomever receives this, you have permission to open both packages. Oh. Hey, that's me, Ben. (laughs) I'm opening the Adam package first. And uh, as, as described... We have a Greatest ExoCook apron. It is red. It has been screen printed with the ExoComp and a frying pan with an egg in that <laughs> frying pan. Uh, the ExoComp also wearing a chef's hat.
0: I, I love this. Uh, this is a subculture of Friends of DeSoto who are into cooking and formed a group around that. I might get an, a, a Facebook account just so I can join that group.
1: Oh, no. There's no going back, then.
0: Yeah, I can't go back.
1: Uh, The Wesley Crusher scarf is really beautiful.
0: What what are we talking about? Is it knit?
1: It is knit. It's handmade by Brittany R. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. And uh, last but not least, there is a crazy straw in here that is customized to say, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the in the style of of uh yours truly. It is awesome. Wow. Alright, I'm opening I'm opening Ben's package. <laughs> oh. Uh your straw is about two feet long. <laughs> and it says, fuck you, Adam <laughs> Because it's in cursive, it's a little hard to make out, but yeah, that's uh that's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like a great straw for drinking a fucked up margarita, Ben. I, I really want to. I want to do that
0: in front of you while giving you double double finger birds.
1: Alright, I'm gonna. Uh, I need to send you a picture of this. It's pretty great. I'm gonna Jackie and Lori <laughs> you the straw.
0: <laughs> oh man!
1: Uh, to the greatest exo cooks, thank you very much. For such thoughtful gifts Sometimes you get a handmade gift And you're like, oh boy This is gonna be a good thought But these are great handmade gifts I
0: feel like there's gonna be An entire drink worth of drink In that straw by the time it gets to my mouth
1: (laughs) Yeah You're gonna have to maintain suction, Ben I don't know how
0: I could suck a golf ball through a garden hose, Adam
1: Ben, our final two packages Are in... Uh, Poster tubes They are large poster tubes And let me tell you something They each weigh like 20 pounds No kidding I do not believe there are posters inside What's it gonna be? Are they from the same sender? This came from New Zealand Dunedin Dunedin New Zealand Both of them did Whoa so, this must have cost $11,000 to ship here.
0: <laughs> he should have just given us the money.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? We would have done a show in New Zealand for that. We'd come to you. <laughs> they did a thing where they, uh, they taped a card to the tube itself. So, right now, I'm exacto-knifing that card from its tape. Letter goes like this. Dear Ben and Adam, work troubles, daily hmm. traffic. New baby woes Late nights in the car Trump (laughs) You've been there through all of it and I'm so grateful I'm similarly grateful for my amazing adoptive country Being an expat rules he puts in parentheses (laughs) This is why you're both receiving six matching 330 milliliter cans of the best that this place has to offer As an enticement to come visit us And to bring your show here to New Zealand and do yourself a favor, and make sure to visit the South Island. Oh, he gave me a pronunciation key. It's pronounced Dun-Eden. Ben, Dun-Eden is definitely where it's at. Much love, and thanks for helping make our 2017 convention in Hobbiton a huge success. This is from Paul. Oh! I remember this. Yeah, was there, was there not a Priority One message about it? There was. I remember reading it. Yeah. Hey, that's great. Oh. Uh. Cool. So what Paul sent us are two bazooka tubes full of the best beer uh, that New Zealand has to offer. That's great. Uh, and I think we've got to go to Dunedin, yeah, don't the, we?
0: The gauntlet has been thrown. We need to pick it up.
1: Uh, we can be bribed. <laughs> this is a this is a great way to do it. Uh, thanks to one and all for sending us some nice packages to brighten our day. That's really generous and cool, you guys.
0: Yeah, seriously, thank you.
1: Ben, one place that isn't so bright is, uh, the mirror universe.
0: Yeah, what do you say we PURSUE this episode? (laughs) (laughs) It's episode, uh, 19 of season 3, Through the Looking Glass. Do you realize how incredible this is? No, of course you
1: don't Ben, I had such high hopes for this episode <laughs> I think, much like, uh, what's the sobriety center that you go to That they, they what they do to get you sober is they, they give you all the booze you can possibly handle to make you sick off of it Oh god There's one of those places in Seattle uh, Jesus and I feel like my love for the mirror universe has been done like that by through the looking glass. <laughs> like, I got all I could handle, and now I have no taste for it anymore. You feel you're sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> it starts on a fun note. I mean, it's a bullfighting McLaughlin group. Issue one in uh, Cisco's office, and uh, last episode
0: Quark was it uh, was committing a felony and trying to procure biomimetic gel. This episode he's been cut doing animal cruelty, with Morin as his accomplice.
1: When Ferengi is your look, like, there is no bad look for Quark, right? (laughs) It's just all the same. Every one of
0: these that goes by, I wonder how they ever imagined he would be a sympathetic
1: character after that point. It works a lot like Shatner works with Kirk. I think Armin Shimmerman is so great and so charismatic that, like, you kind of have to love him. He's like the baby from dinosaurs, right? <laughs> the punishment for vole fighting is the confiscation and removal of the voles. Ben, my question for you is, uh they're euthanizing those voles, right? Like they're just shooting them out of an airlock.
0: Yeah, he says get them off the station. Yeah. Which uh I
1: think we know what that means.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean Voles back on the menu, boys. <laughs> I mean, I guess this makes sense, though, right? Like, it's better to humanely kill an animal than to subject it to a life of cruelty.
1: And by keeping them alive, they're just going to reproduce, right? Yeah. Station's no got good. a major vole problem. You can't spay it or neuter a vole. Yeah. They're
0: too little. Not quite sure why this would be happening in ops, but uh, but it is. And
1: You can't confiscate Morn's voles. They're like his pets.
0: Odo takes Quirk off with him as uh chief o'brien i am chief miles edward o'brien this is fucking spectacular in his civvies hops off of the elevator
1: yeah it's it's great to see chief o'brien like always welcome in any situation yeah looking he's, like he's ready to maybe hop in a runabout and go back to bajor maybe visit his wife
0: yeah he's uh got a little got a little swagger in his step he uh he gives one of those, like, head nods to the to the commander, like, why don't you uh, follow me into the corner? We talk about something a little bit uh, just between you and me.
1: He gives him that famous Chief O'Brien head nod.
0: <laughs> I guess he was just waiting for Odo to not be there anymore, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's the move. O'Brien whips out his pistol and also a glowing beer can and, uh, and tells Sisko he's coming with him. Yeah. And no one approaches the two because of Pistol. Uh, he he waves the beer can over a station in Ops. He asks the computer to transport them away on his signal. And then he does, in pretty short order.
0: They gone. Was the outside of the spaceship that they cut to CG? And if so, is this the first time we've seen a CG spaceship on Star Trek? I don't know. Because I there's a shot of it later, of this ship, uh, that definitely isn't CG, but this yeah. shot I kind of thought might be.
1: Hmm, I'm not sure. I would assume that if if you're sure the second one is a model, then the first one should be too, just for efficiency.
0: Yeah, but I wonder if it's like an experiment. Like, can we sneak a CG shot in? Will people notice? Kind of a I thing. thought it
1: really looked like a cool ship more than anything
0: Yeah, it's definitely like kind of an aerodynamic design Like this one's made to do some in-atmosphere maneuvering
1: O'Brien attempts to do exposition on Cisco, And it fails utterly because Cisco has already <laughs> guessed the situation
0: I'd say that this is the same parallel universe that two of my crew members visited
1: a year ago He's in the mirror universe That saves me having to give you a history lesson He's the guy who guesses the Wheel of Fortune puzzle with like an E in it.
0: <laughs> uh, v- uh, van- vanity of the bonfires.
1: This is the first indication that uh, we've got a little too much Star Trek in a little too small of a bag here. <laughs> and it is this feeling that pervades the rest of the episode, like correct conclusions being jumped to repeatedly that just make you kind of scratch your head. Yeah, because not only has Cisco surmised that he's in the Mirror Universe, uh, in very short order, O'Brien has shared the story of Mirror Universe Cisco's death and the need for his replacement, and Cisco
0: is on board. Yeah, it's sort of like the movie Dave, but
1: <laughs>
0: but if the president it totally was... is,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah,
0: that's a. Uh, the the cover is just a, a picture of Cisco with, like, a with like a suitcase showing up at the White
1: House. You know, the scene at the end where they stay up all night uh, slashing the rebels' budget in order to uh, <laughs> afford the education bill is uh, really heartwarming. Yeah. You knew they could do it if they just tried. It's a
0: feel-good version of politics that you wish existed, like the West Wing. <laughs>
1: uh so this fucking mission involves, like, like the hook. The thing that really gets Cisco is the mission is to prevent a scientist from developing a sensor technology that would reveal rebel positions inside the Badlands. And the Badlands are, are this smoky part of the universe that obscures all the ships inside. And the rolling timpani sound of the moment <laughs> occurs when this scientist is revealed to be Jennifer Cisco. Jennifer.
0: The wife that Sisko lost in the first episode.
1: Yeah, this is pretty devastating news to one Ben Sisko, but we don't get to soak in that feeling for long because we cut almost directly to Inquisitor Kira in that post-orgy refractory period where you want to eat a bunch of cut fruit (laughs) and just
0: relax. She's, uh, She's kind of luxuriating in the lap of a man...
1: So much of the action is happening with Kira and what she's saying. Yeah. But you can't help but look at this guy and his head in the frame <laughs> and where he's looking and how how hard he's trying not to draw attention to his own face. That feels like such a difficult challenge for a... We'll, we'll just call him a background actor, if, even if he's not.
0: Yeah, he's a bit of all right.
1: He's clearly made some big gains, Ben. So we... We see Jennifer Sisko. It's not just the reference to her that O'Brien gives Ben Sisko. I mean, she's on the scene and she's talking to Kira and giving her an update on her progress with this science project. I kind of wish she was saved for later. Yeah. This is one of the uh, criticisms I have of this episode is, is they, they start with her. And, uh, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Not a strength of the episode is the Jennifer Sisko character.
0: I think it's not uh this actor's fault. I think it's that she's written to be sort of ground down by life, and so the the kind of flat affect of the character is kind of hard to get out from behind.
1: She also has a really strange widow's peak going on. <laughs> oh, which... do you think she
0: might be uh she might be a day walker?
1: I don't think this is. The actor's hairline. I think they added Widow's Peak. It's yeah. like Widow's Peak loaf. Wow! It is. It is Ben. Because I'm looking at her. <laughs> I'm looking at her IMDb, and yeah, like she has a, she has a regular person's hairline, but uh, yeah, it, in in the mirror universe, she's been uh, Adam's family. <laughs> <laughs> Golden to concert. The concert.
0: Go to So. Anyways, she's very chilly. She's uh, a a rare human that has a job and prospects in the current political situation, and uh, the the goal here is that, uh, that Cisco is going to try and talk her out of this, but she's uh, currently working for Kira.
1: O'Brien has taken Cisco to the rebels' underground lair. Yeah, and. Uh, there he finds a Mirror Universe Rom and a Mirror Universe Tuvok Yeah And a Mirror Universe Bashir who looks like he belongs in a Michael Landon convention he, <laughs> He's really got a lot of party in the back uh,
0: I didn't get why Rom had the gun out the entire time <laughs> Like they're having their evil McLaughlin group <laughs> And he's like got a rifle with him yeah. the whole time it's also just like really weird vibes in this rebel group like especially when cisco comes in because they you know he and smiley come in and kind of surprise everybody with uh hey uh turns out uh rumors of my death were greatly exaggerated or whatever and and it's like real rowdy and and like and jocular in a way where i was like What is this? A rebellion or the bikers in that bar that Pee Wee Herman goes to?
1: Every scene in this episode that featured the rebels kind of gathered around really played to the back row. Yeah, they're all just going like (laughs) Like, All of the physicality of it is very big. The gestures are big. Yeah. Uh, It's very community theater acting (laughs) in in these scenes, you know?
0: Yeah. It's a it's like a mirror universe choice, I guess. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The actors are totally (laughs) invested in the idea that they, too, are Mirror Universe actors.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just be as evil as you want to be. We also get to see Mirror Dax, who uh, has a pretty dramatically different look in this universe.
1: She of the uh, tight white t-shirt clan (laughs) Uh, also is is clearly still a Dax. Yeah. She's unlike Prime Universe Dax in many ways. Maybe the main way is that Cisco wants to fuck her and then (laughs) unequivocally does (laughs) and does not really fight it all that much it's a weird thing to think about like this is like 10 minutes into the episode Ben. the human brain
0: isn't isn't built to (laughs) grapple with moral choices of this magnitude you
1: know (laughs) does it count if it's mirror universe that's that's sort of an interesting question, like, is does he have Mirror Universe hall pass? The the scene at
0: the end of the episode should have been him and Dax at the Replicator the next day when he's <laughs> back in Prime Universe, tr- and he's just, like, fucking melting down, trying to be around her and not have it be weird.
1: Especially because this episode is clearly meant to be fun yeah. and and winky a little bit. That is a scene that I feel like would be so necessary. That one you just wrote on the spot. Like, give us that part. That's
0: the slide whistle this episode needs. Yeah. We uh, cut back to Terak Nor, where, uh, where Garrick is reporting in. Folks will remember that he is the uniformed Cardassian second-in-command to Kira's first-in-command position. And uh, he's in trouble because like the ore processing isn't going that well. He kind of calls uh, Kira on on her mood. He says that mm-hmm. he he's noticed an ill humor in her, and I was That's like, pretty
1: unprofessional.
0: Ill humor—that's our brand. Why is uh, why is Kira on our territory?
1: Yeah, I thought we cornered the market, right? <laughs>
0: but it is shown and not said that she is. Really missing Cisco, and uh, is still under the impression that he's dead.
1: It's not just the slaves on the labor side that are suffering. I mean, there are clearly problems at the top of the production here as well, right?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's
1: hard for them too. <laughs> 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 you know, so often you just can't understand the <coughs> the problems of an executive. You yeah, know? the real stresses. Listen,
0: I've got three mortgages to pay.
1: (laughs) I got two girlfriends and a wife on the side. (laughs) I have expenses. That hanger's not going to pay for itself. (laughs) Uh, We do a fair bit of cross-cutting between uh, the scene on Terrac Noir and the underground lair. The rebels are hip to the plan to save Jennifer Sisko. Like, here's the thing. Ben Sisko needs to either squirrel jennifer cisco off of terock noir so that the science can't happen or he's got a killer what needs to happen is this science not happening so that everyone who's hiding out in the badlands remains safe
0: yeah and i think he's just kind of overcome with a generalized sense of guilt after having sex with dax so he's like i can't kill her i just can't do it I, i feel like i've already done too much
1: that's the right time to ask for a favor, though, in that refractory period. Like, like that's when O'Brien should have popped in and, and laid the mission onto him, right? Yeah. Hey, don't mean to interrupt. Here's a, here's a bowl of cut fruit and also a mission. Yeah, and, and so there's a, there's a medium amount of acceptance of this mission among the clan. The pushback really comes from Bashir.
0: Yeah, he's, he's definitely on Team Blow it up, kill them all, yeah. and uh, you know that's a pretty tenable position in this group. Uh, but they get there; they resolve the uh, the disagreement by uh, via fisticuffs. There's a scene where Bashir is just ranting at Cisco, and O'Brien gets in Cisco's ear and is like, "Punch him,
1: punch him." This technology felt a little lowest common denominator to me because, like. O'Brien devil on the shoulders, Cisco, quite a bit in this ep. And I kind of had hoped that uh, stuff like this would be done with more of a glance.
0: Yeah, like remember to be evil can be implied and not actually said out loud.
1: Especially because like, they're all in the same room. And O'Brien does not use a kind of sotto voce whisper <laughs> yeah. to Cisco. He basically tells him to punch him and he does.
0: Yeah, Bashir knows he said something to him if he doesn't know what he said but everybody else would have heard what O'Brien
1: said. Yeah, a little bit of a problem.
0: Hey Bashir, after uh now that they're gone, get a load of this. When you were yelling at Cisco, O'Brien told him punch him. That's what you would normally do.
1: O'Brien's like, that's not what I told him. I was like, "Arse, right, we let him go." <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then I danced to uh to tequila. And uh, we were all pretty good friends after that.
1: Uh, ben, one thing that's also a problem is that Rom is working both sides. Yeah, Rom is
0: a, uh, a double agent. There's a uh, a pretty amazing sight gag in this episode that actually got an out loud laugh from me, which is uh, he's he's giving the information dump to kira while she's topless laying belly down on a table receiving a massage and the massage hands are like in soft focus in the foreground when ram says but i can tell you how to get your hands on and there's literally (laughs) hands playing over her back that's fun (laughs) it's very weird (laughs) that's just great yeah but uh but ram is going to is going to betray cisco to uh to kira I thought that the episode did a pretty good job of like planting this concern, but then throwing us off the scent a little bit because when Cisco arrives, he's suddenly acting like like getting taken prisoner was his idea the entire time, and you know throwing his weight around uh, mm-hmm. like very very self assured, and I sort of imagined that what Rom gave them was his position in space, so when the the like Klingon battlecruiser decloaks. Right. Right. That was it. And then Cisco was kind of overcoming it. But, uh, but the, that shoe has not dropped yet. And I thought that that was like some good writing.
1: Yeah. That's a good call. I mean, O'Brien, they're in transit to Terok and O'Brien tells Cisco on their way there, like not to get his hopes up about what Jennifer Cisco may be like in this universe. And that's, at the point when they get pulled over by a couple of Alliance cruisers.
0: You know, Captain Sisko would try to fight his way out of this.
1: So th- they help them get to Terok Noir. That's pretty nice.
0: Yeah, Sisko w- walks off the transport and uh, just lays one on Kira, which is another uh, another one of those things that is just weird and incongruous to see. <laughs>
1: it's got to be. like You work with someone for three seasons... Before there's ever even a whiff of this kind of relationship, I think you probably get used to your professional interaction being a certain way. Yeah,
0: and, and there must be instincts that you develop in how your character relates to the other character yeah. that have to be overcome in a scene like this. I would imagine that there is a high degree of difficulty in this.
1: Uh, one thing the character of Ben Cisco overcomes is any sort of reluctance to fuck Kira. <laughs> so he's now two for two, like kind of a great day for Ben Cisco. He's uh, going for the hat trick. Did he?
0: Uh, you think he took a shower in between? I. It's the polite thing to do, but is it the mirror universe thing to do?
1: It is not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's stink-dogging it.
0: Yeah, uh, he gets sent off to the boudoir. Smiley is not so lucky. He gets sent down to ore processing.
1: A lot less sex in ore processing, I bet. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just as sweaty, but not as sexy.
1: It's more of a masturbatorium, really. <laughs> but Cisco does
0: get to, to meet Jennifer. Garrick brings her in, and uh, it's a touching reunion, Adam.
1: Yeah, because what you want to do if you're the Alliance is stick maybe your most valuable asset in a room alone with someone whose...
0: Whose allegiances are uncertain.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell? Are <laughs> are people in the Mirror Universe also dumber than Prime Universe? I kind of think so. Because <laughs> there's no way Prime Universe Garrick would allow this to happen. I mean, if, if
0: we were following the logic that if you're smart in the prime universe you're dumb in the mirror universe then the pack would be in charge because <laughs> it w- the bit would have flipped on them
1: that would have been so fucking great <laughs>
0: we look for people people to be our slaves <laughs> what if the pack leads in in the mirror universe are like the borgs or like they're this just
1: they're, this they're gatherers but of a like of a very <laughs> yeah. effective yeah. emotional way that, that'd be fun <laughs> they're just a force of nature you know
0: yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Mind, what are you doing now? Out! 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 Exactly.
1: Ben, <laughs> the scene with uh Jennifer Cisco and Prime Universe Cisco is an example of what you referred to earlier, which is. I do not believe this is Felicia Bell's fault as an actor, but boy, her lift is incredibly difficult dialogue-wise, and it's this scene that is really the centerpiece of that for me. We know that Avery Brooks is capable of elevating actors he acts with, too, and I think it is very telling that he is unable to do that in this scene with her.
0: I think the challenge here is that they are meant to not know each other. Yeah. And... He's arguing with her, and she keeps calling him on, like, the premises of the arguments he's making, and that's because, like, he doesn't know what his previously stated positions are because he's not the person he's claiming to be.
1: He doesn't have O'Brien on his shoulder telling yeah. him to punch her.
0: Right. I actually think the scene kind of works, if you think about it that way. They're working at cross-purposes and feel like they should know each other but don't actually.
1: Mm-hmm. To me, the thing that clanged in the scene wasn't that their relationship was incompatible based on the dialogue they were delivering. To me, I mean, this scene suffers for its terrible dialogue. I just <laughs> think, I think that's what happened here. Okay. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> she doesn't believe Cisco's bullshit and he says that he's changed. It's that, it's that kind of melodrama too, right? Like there are issues bigger than them happening and they use this time to talk about them. Yeah. There's not enough time. <laughs> you have no right to talk to me like that. She pushes back. She's like, she doesn't have her own agency. Like, her comforts come from the alliance that she works for, even though she has mixed feelings about that. And Cisco makes the case that she have agency over her own life if she just joined the rebellion they're your own people jennifer
0: he makes the case that she's maybe more physically comfortable but perhaps worse off than the people that actually know that they're slaves like she's talked herself into the idea that she has agency when she really has none and i thought that that was a pretty intense point of the argument
1: She's like, look, man, when you're an executive, you got to make all these decisions (laughs) at a really high level. Like, you got these people's (laughs) lives in your hands. You don't understand the pressure
0: that I'm under. If I don't have a $100,000 car, people won't understand that I'm successful. And so I have to bear that expense.
1: They have to pay me $60 million a year. Otherwise, I'm just going to leave the company. It's worth (laughs) it.
0: This scene is super long. It kind of felt like, Maybe they had two scenes, and like there was supposed to be some, some mm-hmm. time in between them. Because he says, "like think about it" in a way that sort of seems like they're gonna they're gonna table it for now. But like two minutes later, he's like kicking through the door and like dual wielding Klingon disruptors and stuff.
1: I do like the John Woo escape scene <laughs> that kicks off here. That's fun. Uh, th- there's a temptation
0: to dual wielding, but. Uh, you can't rub gun oil on, uh, you know. You can't, you can't do gun maintenance when you right. when you're dual wielding. Yeah. So that's got its downsides.
1: Cisco uh, leaves the room and finds a horse. Tries not to spook it. Mm-hmm. It's a Klingon.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a good Patak.
1: <laughs> so, Cisco is tapped on the. Subdermal communicator It stimulates the part of the brain That releases natural endorphins And uh, gets in touch with O'Brien Who then hot wires a hatch Inside the ore processing center Yeah uh, To get a door open And so the escape is on
0: Yeah, and he, uh, O'Brien gets A bunch of the uh, other Terran slaves In the ore processing to come with him and, uh, and they kind of Meet up mid-escape with cisco and jennifer who are uh, who are you know kind of in in the back hallways like coming around corners and there's like cardassians and klingons that pop out and shoot at them
1: it's a very star wars-ian fight isn't it anytime you're shooting down a hallway
0: yeah it really that's star wars yeah there's a lot about this episode that feels star wars i feel like some of the sets that they built felt more star wars than normal yeah. They're headed for a uh, for an airlock, I guess the ship that they are planning on leaving on. And when they get there, they find M.U. Rom, and uh, he's been impaled against the door of the airlock. Stick around.
1: He was hung there like a Prime Universe dartboard. <laughs> I was hoping they would find his body with the head crushed under the gear to the ship, like the docking.
0: Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah.
1: That would have been great. A little too gory.
0: That would have been real gnarly. Yeah. how How hard does it seem like it would be to stab something into the material on that door, though?
1: Very difficult, I bet. Holy shit! Yeah. He should be
0: more fucked up, given the physics of a sword <laughs> or whatever that is going into that door.
1: He he should be event horizon flayed <laughs> open by the force <laughs> it would take to do that. You're right. Yeah. Ben, one thing a hallway laser beam fight affords you is the opportunity to monologue. Yeah. That is an opportunity that Kira takes. That was very clever, Benjamin.
0: Yeah, she's got her uh, united colors of Benetton, of Cardassians, Klingons, and and, uh, and Bajorans.
1: She's got Terrans, too, doesn't she, as part of that security team? It kind of uh, looks that she? way.
0: Uncle Terrans? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ding. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and the math here is basically like what if we give Jennifer up and Jennifer just makes a point of not finishing her re- research? Like we we could do that. I thought that seemed like a pretty reasonable strategy to pursue
1: i thought so too i was on that team
0: but uh that is not what they do and uh and they kind of disappear down the hallway there's a pretty funny moment where you know on the count of three come out <laughs> with your hands up and uh and there's just kind of like smoke dissipating down at the end yeah. of the hallway and uh my favorite line of the episode comes from garrick when he uh, orders his his troops to move out
1: pursue That was so unintentionally funny. That was great. It sounded like something out of the first Warcraft, like uh, like when you like when you ordered someone to chop down wood, they yeah. would say like zug zug or something. Like, right. Uh,
0: so they head back to ore processing, which has an airlock for some reason. I wasn't really clear on why that would be, but uh, they say it's like the only way in or out. And they kind of mm-hmm. just barely get the doors closed before the baddies show up and it, uh, it turns out to just have been a stalling tactic, and uh, Cisco uses the intervening time to set self-destruct on the station computer, uh, because the the password on Tarek Nor in the Mirror Universe just so happens to be the same as the password on DS9 in the Prime Universe. It's amazing! I've got the same combination on my luggage! Mm. So he, uh, he he gets root access, turns on self-destruct, <laughs> changes the root password... And uh, when uh, when Kira and and her bad guys uh, come in, you know he's got her dead to rights. He's got the uh, he's got the thermal detonator in Jabba's palace.
1: Would you say that Prime Cisco is elite hacksaw here, or was the <laughs> password too easy and uh, and he doesn't get that kind of credit? <laughs>
0: it's it's like in the movie Hackers. Her her password was God. Because she thought she was like the, the awesomest sysadmin out there.
1: In the Mirror Universe, the way that uh, Mirror Sisko got his job was exactly like uh, Hugh Jackman got his in the movie Swordfish. He had to, <laughs> he had to hack into Terok Noir while getting a blowjob. <laughs> Come on, Stan! You know, because Mirror Universe is sexy. Yeah. Kira looks deeply into Sisko's eyes and can tell he's not bluffing. And so they, uh, they do that, that trade. Cisco's like, you got to let us out of here, and then I'll give you the codes. And then Kira counteroffers with give us the codes first, and then we'll let you go. <laughs> and then Cisco's like, what kind of idiot do you take me for? I'm not a mirror universe Cisco here. Like, I'm actually smart. I'm not going to give up all, all my
0: leverage in this negotiation. I mean, I'm not stupid enough to have a casino go out of business.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Also, make sure there's some cut fruit on the ship we leave on.
0: Mr. Bucket, I have to revert to I don't use the bucket So they get to go. I, I really liked the way Cisco kind of milked this moment. Like he wasn't just like sprinting out of there the second they had a deal. He he really kinda like takes his time, kinda like, All right, we're leaving. Here we go.
1: Back on the rebel planet, Jennifer is safe and sound, or as safe and sound as anyone can be, on a rebel planet inside the Badlands. On this crazy, crazy planet. But she knows that Sisko isn't her husband, and this has been an imposter all along, because he's too nice.
0: Yeah. There was that moment where she kind of noticed, right? hmm And uh, I think that was in the scene where he's in the standoff with Kira. You see, You see Jennifer realize... That he's not who he says he is. Yeah. And uh, she, she's like, admit it, you know. Admit who you are or tell me who you are, really. And uh, I thought that, that was a pretty interesting moment because, like, the potential number of things he could be in this world is, uh, you know, it's a pretty long list, you know. He could be a shapeshifter or, you know, he could be anything.
1: Cisco walks right up to the opportunity to hat trick the day. <laughs> Like, you know he's got to be thinking about it, right? (laughs) Like, this is the moment. He doesn't have to go back right now. O'Brien has the technology to to wait 40 minutes. Yeah. But no. Cisco's like, take me home. I'm too tired. (laughs) These pipes
0: are clean.
1: That's it for him. He's done. (laughs) He's going to go sleep for a couple of days.
0: As as tantalizing the idea may be to... Have one last go with my wife.
1: That's the button. But boy, there are a number of buttons that would have been better here. One being the one you dropped earlier on in the ep, and another one being, like, a real moment of pause where he could, like, we're we're being silly and gross with the idea, but, like, God, if your wife was dead and you had a chance to make love with her one last time, like... Yeah wouldn't you at least think about it? He doesn't even think about it. And that's a problem, I think. Yeah, it's
0: it's sad. It's sad that there isn't any romance romance element in their relationship in this. Or if not a romance element, like the element of them like both feeling it really strongly, but also knowing that it's not the same person and therefore like resisting it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it didn't stop Sisko twice earlier that day (laughs) that it wasn't the same person that he knew yeah and if anything that was an attraction yeah did you like the episode though ben
0: uh i did i think that you maybe had more problems with it than i did i have a stated bias against the mirror universe but i feel like this was as well done as a mirror universe episode has been typically So, uh, yeah, no, no, uh, no complaints here. I thought it was like a, a pretty good, like, B-plus episode.
1: Wow. 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 (laughs) Ben, hard disagree for me. In addition to, like, the issues that I had with some dialogue and parts, this felt to me like a video game played on the level between easy and medium. Like, one thing I think Discovery does really well is they make the Mirror Universe difficult Really difficult. Like, Mirror Universe on Discovery is all Madden, and <laughs> this is preseason Star Trek. And to me, I think one easy way to make this scene more difficult is to, instead of having O'Brien puppet mastering Cisco the way he is, like, why not give O'Brien an angle of his own? what we needed i think was another double cross here and i think o'brien would have been a great guy to serve that double cross and because he's so safe at all times yeah i felt safe as a viewer and i think that danger was really lacking here i think the danger is what makes mirror universe fun and that is why i didn't have a ton of fun watching this episode
0: well i'm sorry to hear that adam
1: yeah Kira in a catsuit though uh Bumps it up to a
0: solid B plus. <laughs> you know it is a ton of fun. Aside from cat suits,
1: what's that? It's priority one messages. P one in a cat suit. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah.
0: Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured
1: channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental. Supplemental.
0: Yeah, it's extra. By the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship.
1: Ben, our first priority one message is. Of a commercial nature. <laughs> the message has been requested to be read in the voice of Kevin. So here we go. Kevin, Pitchman, for the following. <laughs> Friends of DeShoto, I implore you <laughs> to take a journey into the weird and wacky world of Shattered Worlds RPG, <laughs> an actual play podcast that smashes elements of Star Trek, Star Wars, Thunder, the barbarian, <laughs> and other crap people in your generation find enjoyable. <laughs> oh, Ben, there's a Vichy French guy uh, thing here too. You want to take that part? Okay. Space and dick jokes. What's not to love? Find shattered worlds on your podcatcher of choice. Cool. Shattered worlds. Wow. Pitchman Kevin Uxbridge. <laughs> How about that? (laughs) Problematic, I would say.
0: (laughs) Adam, we have a second Priority One message here. It's from the Yosemite Dragons, and it is for Nicole Bernard, Alpha 7-2. And it goes uh, like this. Trainee Bernard, good work returning the sacred rocks of evidence to anybody canyon, and thank you for the signed poster of Ben and Adam. It will assume a place of honor near the signed J Frakes in the Dragon Den. Wow. May your Ferengi Lightning Whip always shoot true. <laughs> May you always be a four-ish on a one through seven scale and come visit the Dragon sometime. I'm just, uh, I'm taking a, taking a wild uh, stab at how Dragons is pronounced because it's got a Y in it, so. I'll, uh, I, I hope I'm. I hope I'm at least in the ballpark.
1: I think if there's one thing we know after 200 and, hmm, episodes of Greatest <laughs> Gen, it's that uh, your pronunciation is often more correct than mine. So I'm going to go with. <laughs> I'm going to go with your instinct there. Okay. Uh, I do miss that Ferengi whip it over your head and shoot it style weapon though. That yeah, was fun. I,
0: I want an episode where Nog finds Quark's like in an old uh, shipping container <laughs> or something and it's like oh can I have it uncle and Quark is like no you're not old enough
1: he becomes the Ferengi Jedi it chooses him
0: yeah and then they have like a scene where they're doing like target practice in a in a cargo bay and Nog is like whip cracking bean cans off a fence that would be fantastic yeah I, th- that'll be my spec script for Deep Space Nine we'll see if they produce it
1: Oh, the things they left behind, Ben.
0: Do you think when a Ferengi enters Starfleet, as his Nog's stated intent, he gets issued a whip? Do you get to use your, like, traditional weapon the way, the, the way Worf does?
1: Is the Ferengi weapon called a Nene? <laughs> <laughs> of course it can't be. It's got to be called as whip. Yeah.
0: It's his whip. <laughs> the, the Nene is the slightly smaller one.
1: Do you think the first time a Ferengi uses a Dustbuster-style phaser, they do, like, they draw the lasso around their heads with it before shooting it?
0: (laughs) Just, like, branches from trees fall (laughs) around them? (laughs) No, no, no. No, uh, (laughs) Hold on. Let me me show you how to use it first.
1: You gotta make sure that thing is aimed (laughs) downrange.
0: You know, we want to be downrange of your money, and if you have some money... (laughs) Hit, hit us with you go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron and get a Priority One message on The Greatest Generation. It's a couple hundred bucks for a commercial message and merely one hundred bucks for a personal message, and it's a great way to support this show and take some tree branches down while you're at it.
1: Hey, Adam. What's that,
0: Ben? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda?
1: Drunk, Shimoda. This one was fairly obvious to me. It's 2 out of 3 for Cisco. Like <laughs> like he's a sex tourist here. Yeah. And with the ease with which he's able to operate in the mirror universe, like he takes to it like a fish to water, like he is in. He is not only in, but like acting the part immediately. Yeah. <laughs> he he is Shimoda to me. Like <laughs> no hesitation sexually in uh, in his moments with Dax and Kira I feel like this is a clear differentiation from Picard Picard would be all up in his own head he would resist <laughs> find a way not to make this happen but Sisko's in deep cover Sisko's yeah. down Sisko's going
0: yeah Cisco does the rail of cocaine to prove that he's not a cop yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like, had there been any rebel drugs out on the table, you no know hesitation. He's, you know he's getting into that. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Uh,
0: well, uh, we have a daily double here, Adam. It is yeah. Cisco for me as well. Um, yeah. The reason I wrote him down was the other laugh-out-loud moment in the episode, which was um, he's uh, you know he's he's taken Smiley's gun in the in the ship when they first arrive at the mirror universe. And, uh, and smiley is like, uh, you gotta, you gotta track down this scientist, you know, the dead mirror universe. Cisco believed that he could, he could change her mind about who to be helping here. And, uh, Cisco goes like, who was it? And O'Brien hands him a photograph <laughs> and he looks at it for a solid five seconds before going, Jennifer, <laughs> like he doesn't recognize her at first. It's the widow's peak, right? Yeah, he's like oh, that doesn't look like her. Wait, it is. It is her.
1: <laughs> he like uses his hand to cover up her hairline. <laughs> oh, no, I can see the resemblance. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it's like a sister. That was,
1: that was silly. Yeah. Uh but for
0: that reason, he is my drunk Shimoda. Got get that got that Go press. That. Boy do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. It's available nationwide. That's Microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code SCARVES. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings they send in uh, crochet work it's so cool and uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves and you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace it'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a
1: website or domain.
0: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till max fun drive.
0: <laughs> Hard to believe. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly, incredibly fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app.
1: And at MaximumFun.org. Ben, what do we have coming up on the next episode?
0: Next episode is season 3, episode 20: Improbable Cause Part 1. Garrick's shop mysteriously explodes, launching Odo on an investigation to determine who is trying to kill the Cardassian exile and why.
1: When you when you said the word explodes and then launching afterwards, I was like, "Wait, Odo is thrown free from the station <laughs> in the explosion." <laughs> does that? You know what? He'd probably survive in in free space, right? Yeah. Oh, does, yeah.
0: Is Odo vacuum proof? I bet he is. Or, do, or would he turn into a fine mist? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already seen Odo die once, and he turned into gak. Mm. Well, Adam, why don't you uh, head over to uh, gach.biz game and roll them bones and tell us how we'll be doing this episode
1: Uh, Was there another intro you wanted to read?
0: Uh, I'm kind of bored of that bit Okay (laughs) I don't feel like we have anything to say other than one is good and one is bad and it's always the same, so
1: right, You're required to
0: learn as you play Roll
1: Uh, Ben, our runabout is on square 45 where just one square ahead there is a the traveler mm. spot, and then a couple of squares after that there's a wormhole. Fun. So I'm going to roll the die. Roll them. So I rolled a one. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. Which means I landed on the traveler oh which means which means i move forward five spaces which also means i'm on square fifty one now wow but square fifty one is a normal episode
0: yeah but so we move forward quite a bit
1: yeah that really that really frisbeed us across the board
0: yeah that's crazy i uh i've been wondering uh if those if if the if the program that runs our our board game at Gach.biz slash game was actually smart enough to, to like do the actions of the ones that move you. That's yeah. cool. That's the first time we've uh, we've seen it in action.
1: Yeah. It happened. It's All done. All right.
0: Well we have a uh, a quirks bar and a uh, and a looking at each other during in striking distance now. That could be that could be complicated, Adam.
1: I'm excited for that opportunity. Maybe we could do both. Why well, not both?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we will be uh, watching that uh, that part one episode next week. Uh, in the meantime, we got a whole bunch of people to thank. First and foremost, we got to thank all the people that go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and support the show. Hey, uh, if you listen to this like contemporaneous with the release, how about this for a New Year's resolution? Support the greatest generation on
1: MaximumFun.org slash donate. Yeah, it means a ton to be able to afford to go out on tour the way we do, or perform a square, like looking at each other during. Yeah. And also... That's that's uh, airfare, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And also, uh, quite literally, to make the show possible.
0: Yeah. So uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you can uh, tell a friend or recommend it to somebody. Uh, You can go on Apple Podcasts
1: and leave a nice review. If you have a year-end list... Today's the last day to assemble a year-end list <laughs> on, on which we might be a part of. So uh, why don't you add us to that list? I Get think, the word out that way.
0: I, th- I think we're not going to be on any year-end lists.
1: I don't think so either. I think this this is two straight years of being shut out. Yeah, just
0: totally shut out. But uh, maybe maybe we're considered to be too marginal to be on one of those lists. But if you if you're working editorial at some major publication that does a podcast roundup list at the end of the year. Uh, start planting the seeds now if, with uh, whoever runs that piece of content. Uh, put them on to the greatest generation.
1: Uh, gotta thank our our best friends of DeSoto. People like Adam Ragusea who have uh, taken the original music by Dark Materia and turned that into a audio pastiche, <laughs> sprinkled uh, on every episode that we do, including our live shows. Adam Raguse is a great friend of the show, and yeah. does great work.
0: If you'd like to discuss the show, there are lots of online communities at various uh, on various social networks, ranging in level of garbageness from fairly garbage to extremely garbage. The networks themselves, not the, not the communities. The communities are great, but... Uh, Uh, You know, lots of misgivings about social networks these days. Use the hashtag GreatestGen on Twitter. Check out the trading cards that Bill Tilly makes every week. Those are one of my favorite things. Also, uh, J.J. Lendl has been making awesome posters for the episodes of Deep Space Nine that we review. Uh, I keep seeing people asking him where they can buy them and him... You know, very kindly replying to each one, saying like, "I don't actually have permission to print and sell these. I'm just making them for fun." Right. But, <laughs> which is uh, the si- the, tr- the same is true of what Bill Tilly is doing, but uh, we really appreciate them both.
1: Uh, yeah, an episode isn't complete for me until the poster and the cards are up. So, uh, a great, great part of the show. With that, we'll be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and an episode of The Greatest Generation Deep Space Nine where one of us will be thrown free from the show. (laughs) (laughs) Tune
0: in to find out who.
1: You got to buckle up while we're recording, Ben.
0: Yeah, I should be using more safety precautions.
1: Boy, Ben, my brain was just stuck at the bottom of a well and you really (laughs) saved me on that. Thanks, buddy. No no problem. Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.